Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. This teaching is from the series Authentic 2, a study of the letter of 2 John. The short letter of 2 John is full of big topics, helping to define an authentic Christian faith and life. We hope this helps you understand and apply God's Word in your life today. Hello, Bay Ridge. We are glad to be able to come this morning by video. We would prefer to be in person, but obviously, as you know by now, the ice was simply bad. We went out and checked the roads. The roads are actually okay, but the parking lot was more or less a skating rink. So we decided to cancel the meeting and I bringing the teaching by video this morning. Uh, what you're going to see is kind of ironic and funny, but rather apropos given what we're gonna be talking about this morning, which is authentic community. So I encourage you grab a Bible. We're gonna be looking in 2 John, verses 12 and 13. We're not going to be able to put the screens up or anything, but we want to go ahead and, uh, you know, you can look and follow along with me. I'll read everything. I'll be using the New International Version again, but we're going to look at 2 John verses 12 and 13. So hear now God's authentic inspired word. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your chosen sister send their greetings. Well, it's kind of ironic that we're finishing this letter up and I'm going to be talking about authentic community and the importance of being face to face. And here we are having to use technology, a video to get it out to you. Uh, but that kind of fits with the last year, doesn't it? Because of COVID, we've had to rely on technology more than we normally would. If you remember, it was almost a year ago, we had to shut down and for a period of a couple of months, everything was being done virtually. And thankfully, we had the technology and we're experienced with it that we were able to do that. Uh, we've had to shift meetings, our council meetings and elders meetings and uh, our, many of our connect group meetings have had to shift to uh, using Zoom, some other form of trying to communicate. We've relied more on technology than ever before. And even when we have come together, it's not quite the same because, of course, we, we have to stay separate from one another and we're wearing masks, which we've discovered how much. While, while they are useful in blocking the transmission of the virus, uh, and so we want to, you know, follow the protocols of doing that. But there's something lost when our face is uh, partially or mostly covered up in our communication. And so we want to talk today about this idea of what is authentic community? How does it really, really work? What is the relationship between technology and authentic community? Again, uh, I, I don't lose the irony that on the very morning we're talking about this out of 2 John, we're having to use technology to accomplish it. So let's dive into God's Word. We begin by discussing both the blessing and the limits of technology. Now, John's writing letters here in, uh, in 2 John verse 12, he says that I have much to write to you. And of course, he's writing it in a letter to them. And in 3 John verse 13, he says, I have much to write to you. Um, so John's recognizing he's writing letters and much of our New Testament is in fact letters that are written. 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John are actually letters. All of Paul's 
uh, epistles in the New Testament were original letters, either to churches or to individuals. Uh, Peter's writing, James's writing, were uh, letters written out to churches. Uh, the book of Hebrews. Even our Gospels, uh, which were not really letters, but they were written and intended to be distributed to many, many people. So we have our Bible because of the blessing of written communication, most often letters, uh, but we should be grateful that they used the technology that was there and available. So with the, the limits I'm going to speak about on technology in a couple minutes, let me begin by saying we're not against technology. It's how we got our Bible. If there was not the technology of writing, we wouldn't have a written scripture. Originally, uh, God's word came as people spoke it orally, uh, and only later were, did the technology of writing come along, and the, the people of God adopted that technology very early, and the church has always been an adopter of technology to help spread the Word of God. So we are not against technology, and we use technology whenever we need to or whenever it's possible to try and build relationships. However, John wants us to understand something, and that is that technology and relationships that are mediated by some form of technology between them uh, has limits to it. So notice in 2 John 12, he says, I have much to write to you, but I don't want to use paper and ink. And in 3 John, he's ending the same way. I have much to write to you, but I don't want to use pen and ink. So the only difference in these phrases is paper and ink versus pen and ink. But John's saying, look, I'm writing to you, and that's good. I needed to communicate some things to you. Secondly, however, there's more to be communicated and that won't work by writing. I've got some things where we need to be in personal conversation, not written conversation. There are limits. And so he says, I don't want to use the technology of a letter to try and do this. I want to go ahead and come and see you and we will talk about this face to face. So this is something that John says here, both in 2 John and 3 John, but it's not just that John's against letter writing. One might say, well, maybe John just had a thing against writing letters. After all, these are very short letters. But we know that uh, the same thing is seen in other places in uh, the, the New Testament. For example, in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 17. And 1 Thessalonians is probably the earliest part of the New Testament. It was probably written in the mid-40s and is the earliest a bit of the New Testament that we have, Paul writes this, but brothers, when we were torn away from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. Now, Paul's noting here that, look, we can write letters back to you, which is in fact what he's doing, but it's not the same thing as being there in person. He says, we, were, we had intense longing, we made every effort to come see you. Paul had had to flee because of persecution. It was probably against the law for him to go back. But he's saying, we tried to figure out if there was any way to come see you in person. Because while we're glad to be able to write to you, it's not the same thing. So we understand at the very beginning here that technologically mediated relationships, whether it's writing letters, a phone call, a text message, an email, a video like we're doing this morning, a Zoom gathering, they are wonderful in their place, and they're better than no communication. But technologically mediated relationships are limited, and they can never 
be a substitute for in-person, face-to-face relationships. Now, if you want to study this more, you can look at a series I did in 2013 called The Church in the Eye World, and that is kind of a deep dive into this. If you want to think about it, it's kind of like uh, the Gospel of John versus 2 John. In 2 John, John's covering some of the same themes that he did in the Gospel and in 1 John, but in a much briefer way. Well, what I'm covering today, I covered in a much deeper way in this lengthy series called The Church in the Eye World in 2013 and it's in the discussion guide and the devotion guide there's a link there or you can go to our church website brcc.church and if you go under teachings and teachings by series you can look up the church in the eye world and look at an entire series that was built around saying how does technology affect our lives how does it relate to our humanity uh, how does it relate to the church what is technology good for and what are its limits. You can kind of do a deep dive there. So that's the first point. Technology has its limits. There are blessings, but there are limits. Now, John's not really writing about technology, though. What he's really writing about is authentic community. So what is the nature of authentic community? Well, there are several things John wants to tell us. First, he says authentic community requires face-to-face relationships. Notice in 2 John and 3 John, we're going to look at the two letters kind of side by side here for a moment. He says, I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Or in 3 John, it was pen and ink. Um, Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face. And 3 John says, I hope to see you soon and we will talk face to face. So notice what John is saying here is that Pen and ink or paper and ink are not face-to-face. They're they're juxtaposed. They're different than one another. And so they're different. But secondly, John prefers face-to-face if at all possible. If he can't do face-to-face, he'll write a letter. But he would prefer face-to-face. Now, when he uses this phrase face-to-face, that's not just John's little phrase that he made up out of nowhere. This is an important phrase in the scripture. It's actually used 16 times in the Bible, and it always refers to unmediated relationship and conversation. It's always used in that way. And so John is picking up on this. This is the final two times in the Bible where it's used. And he's saying this biblical concept I want to tell you is important for us understanding authentic community. And so let me just give a couple of times where it's used. For example, in Exodus 33, verse 11, we're reading about Moses in the tabernacle out in the wilderness. And he says that the Lord would speak with Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. The Lord would speak with Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. So notice here, when God came down and spoke to Moses in the tent of meeting, he didn't do it by a mediated fashion. He didn't send a text message or an email. He didn't write it on parchment to Moses. He spoke with Moses directly. And notice it's likened as a man does to his friend. So there's there's these two things here that God speaks to Moses in this face-to-face manner, and it's like a person does with a friend. There's an unmediated, close, direct 
communication. And this is important. The reason the Lord is stating this is Moses was unique in this regard. No one else got face-to-face communication with God like that. In fact, nobody does today. If anybody tells you that, they're lying. It's not the nature of how we relate to God in this age. We'll see that uh, in the coming moments. But Moses did communicate with God this way. Now, Another time is in Numbers chapter 12, where the same thing is brought up to show how this is unique for Moses. Miriam and Aaron had rebelled against Moses, and God comes down in judgment, and he's very angry, and he speaks a word of judgment to them. And in the midst of it, he says this, When a prophet of the Lord is among you, I reveal myself to him in visions, I speak to him in dreams. So this is prophets. Think of Isaiah. I speak to them in visions and dreams. And he goes on and says, But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face. So the, even a prophet of God only gets a mediated vision. But Moses gets face to face. And then he goes on and says, uh, clearly and not in riddles, he sees the form of the Lord. So see, the mediated form is like a riddle. Um, it is not clear. The face-to-face is clear. And only Moses gets this face-to-face relationship that is going on there. Because face-to-face is the most intimate form of communication. That's what God is letting us know there. So authentic community is built on face-to-face conversations unmediated by technology. In other words, it does make a difference that we've had to resort to technology this year. It affects the building of community. It's not face-to-face. It's not clear. It's more like a riddle, more like a vision. It's not as good as being face-to-face. So that's the first part of the nature of authentic community. Secondly, we need to understand regarding authentic community that it is essential to our human nature. Authentic community is not an optional add-on. It is essential to what it means to be human. Now think back in Genesis, in the early chapters where we read the creation of humanity and we understand human nature from it. We're going to be spending uh, six weeks starting next week, looking at Genesis 1 and 2 to talk about human nature, who we are, what we're like, what the limits of our human nature are, and to try and dive into that. But today, I'll just point out this one aspect that human nature includes the need for authentic community. Remember in Genesis chapter 2, Adam is there. Everything has been good in creation. There is no sin. There is no fall. There is no curse. Adam is in perfect relationship with God. And yet, the Lord says in Genesis 2.18, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now, this is reflecting back on Genesis 1.26-27, and 27, where God creates humanity in his own image. The Trinity, the divine community, makes us in the image of the Trinity, that divine community. And therefore, because God is communal and relational by nature, and it is a relationship of equals, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are equal with one another and are in relationship with one another. And therefore, humanity is made in the same way. We need relationship, but we need relationship with equals. This is why God says, I'm going to make a helper suitable for him, someone who is his equal. 
which is why the animals don't work. You remember following that, God brings all the animals by, and Adam uh, names them all, and he sees them all, but, but it concludes with saying, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. No one that corresponded to Adam. There was none like him. So God's teaching Adam something. He's saying, you need relationship. I'm above you. The animals are below you. You need an equal. So we need our relationship with God, and it's good to have a relationship with the rest of creation, but we need relationships that can be face-to-face -face with an equal. And so God puts Adam asleep uh, and then creates Eve for him. Now, out of this, we get the institution of marriage. Today is Valentine's Day, and happy Valentine's Day to those of you who are married. I encourage you to take some time today just to enjoy being with one another. It's a great opportunity. And for those of us who are given the call of marriage, it is a partial fulfillment of our need for authentic community. Uh, and it is meant to be that. And that comes out of that text in Genesis chapter 2. But there are others who are called to singleness, and they still need community as well. And even if we are given the call of marriage, it doesn't completely fulfill uh, our need for community. It's good that, for example, Linda and I have a very close relationship. I enjoy face-to-face -face communication with her, but there is a greater need for her and for me. We need community outside of that marriage relationship as well. And for all of us, the need of our human nature is authentic community face-to-face -face relationships. And this is so deeply ingrained into who we are, the consummation of human nature, the, the goal towards which we are driving is to see God face-to-face. -face. That kind of what Moses experienced, but even greater, we're going to experience. Now, why do I say this? This is known as the beatific vision, and we can see it in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, where Paul says this, now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Notice what Paul says. This, this is the way it is for even Christians right now. What you get is a poor reflection, like you're looking in a mirror at someone. Back then, they would kind of burnish some metal, and they, they would see that way. And Paul said, that's what our relationship with God is like. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then, and he's talking about in eternity, we shall see face to face. Notice the same phrase is being used. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. So Paul says, in this age, we only see as in a mirror. Everything is mediated. We have the word of God, which is glorious, but it is a mediated conversation. But Paul says what we were created for and where we are going is that day when we will see God face to face and we will know him fully in a way that it is not possible right now, even like we're fully known now. And I believe in eternity, we're also going to see and know each other fully in a way that we can't know right now. And notice what Paul says is mediated knowledge is partial knowledge. Community that is built by the mediation of technology can only ever be partial community. An authentic community requires something deeper, not just because that's what the community needs. It's what our very human nature was made for. We see that in Genesis, and Paul's telling us in, 
in uh, future eternity in the new heavens and the new earth we're going to find that need fulfilled but in the meantime in this age we begin to experience that in our face-to-face -face relationships with one another and this is why john tells us it's related to our joy notice there in verse 12 i've got much to write to you i don't want to use paper and ink instead i hope to come and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete there's something about the way you and i were made that relationships mediated by technology can never bring fullness of joy. They are not the same as being together with one another. Again, they're great, you're good, glad we've got it, glad I can do this teaching via video this morning, but it's not the same as being there face to face. And so human nature requires authentic community that is found in close face to face relationships. Thirdly, authentic community is essential for a local church. When we became Christians, it did not get rid of our need for close face-to-face -face relationships because our rebirth is not making us something different than we were. It is kind of putting us back in line to God's original purpose for our creation. And the church is not making us less human it's to allow us to become human the way we were created to be and so it makes perfect sense that the church authentic community is going to be essential for a local church now why do i say this notice in verse 13 john says the children of your chosen sister send their greetings and as we looked at in the very first week of the series the these phrases of sister and children and uh, you know you're the chosen lady these are references to a local church and so john's reminding us here at the end again that these are local churches and they are greeting with one another and so the relationships he's talking about are not literal brothers and sisters but the brothers and sisters of faith and so it's a reminder to us that a local church is not just people who do certain activities together, but rather it is a community of believers who worship together, who walk with God together, and who experience the joys and griefs of life together. Show me a church that is not a community, and it's not an authentic church. It falls short because an authentic church experiences authentic community. And what this means for you and me is it's not possible for us to be to avoid close relationships to really be part of a local church and avoid building any relationships with others the desire to not build close relationships is a desire to not be part of the church and to not experience joy to not find the fulfillment of my humanity it is cutting ourselves off from our own good any attempt to avoid close relationships prevents our joy from being complete and it prevents the local church from being what God calls it to be so we need authentic face-to-face -face relationships and we need them with other believers inside of our own local church can have them with my spouse I can have them with Christians and other local churches I can have them even with friends who are not believers but it is essential that I have them with other believers who are part of the same local church that I am part of uh, this is essential for the local church and it's essential for 
me. And then finally, the last thing that John would let us know is authentic community can only exist with a limited number of people. Now, this really comes out of 3 John, not 2 John. In 3 John, verse 14, remember where he's paralleling the same ideas. I got other things, but I don't want to use pen and ink. I want to come see you and talk face to face. And then in verse 14, he says, Peace to you. The friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name. Now, notice that phrase, by name. John is assuming that the people in the church know one another you know each other. Now, this is important because it's related back to our human nature. And humans do not have the capacity for real relationships with unlimited numbers of people. God does. God can know each and every one of us intimately because he has that capacity. But as human beings, we do not. And we can only experience authentic community with those with whom we can greet by name. And this is one of the major dangers of technologically mediated relationships, whether that's writing or email or text or video or using the website or whatever else. The danger that's inherent in it is they deceive us into thinking we know many more people than we actually know. There are people out there, you know, that they've got thousands and thousands of followers on Twitter or on their Facebook page. Uh, and some of these people start thinking they actually know this person, but they don't. That's a deception, okay? We really cannot do that. Um, so what I would say, and, and hear me on this because this cuts against the grain of our age. It even cuts against much of American church culture. Authentic community is local small community. You can't be an authentic community with people on the other side of the world. It needs to be local because it needs to be face-to-face. -face. And it's small. You can't be in community. Even with people locally, there's a half million people live here in Anne Arundel County. But I can't be an authentic community with a half a million people. It needs to be the people that I can know and greet by name. That is uh, essential given our human nature. God can relate to billions and billions and billions of people in an authentic way, but we cannot. We can only do it with a small number of people. It's one of the reasons that Bay Ridge does not have a desire to become a megachurch. We want to stay at a certain size so that we can build authentic community, and we can only do that at only scales to a certain size and then it loses. And I'm glad to see that the American church, I think, is starting to wake up to this a bit, but we need to run with what the scripture says. Friends, if you can't greet someone by name, you don't know them. And if I can't greet you by name, I don't know you, and I certainly couldn't be a shepherd to you uh, if I can't pray for you by name, if I can't greet you by name. So how do we apply this? Uh, couple of questions for us. Number one, do I see that Gnosticism undermines authentic community? Now, I bring this up because last week we looked at Gnosticism. You remember this heresy that undermined our human nature. They even denied that Jesus had come in the flesh. And I said, John made a big deal of it. Well, here we see another implication of it. Uh, Gnosticism denies and denigrates the goodness of our bodies. And so for a Gnostic, 
Face-to-face -face relationships are no better than virtual relationships, and in fact are probably worse. A Gnostic would prefer a mediated relationship because the body only gets in the way. And so I don't need face-to-face -face because that's not essential. The real me is a spiritual being. The, the, the body's only a problem. It's the prison house of the soul. That's the way the Gnostics would look at it. So Gnostics would love these technologically mediated relationships. And as I pointed out last week, their, Gnosticism is alive and well in uh, our human culture. But see, John says that authentic faith disagrees with this. Authentic faith realizes we need face-to-face -face bodily relationships with one another. So, but we have to be aware, our Gnostic age is working to undermine authentic community. Our age is telling us, no, technologically mediated relationships are okay, but friends, they are not the same. And I think one good thing that may come out of all this uh, mess with COVID is that people are kind of waking up to that fact, but we need to be wide awake to it. Because see, this is why we're becoming increasingly isolated in our age. It's the natural outcome of our Gnostic tendencies. Ideas have consequences. And so we have become increasingly isolated from one another. The more technological we've become as a society, the more isolated we've become. That's why there are books written like Bowling Alone, that what used to be communal activities, we now kind of do in an isolated way. And make no mistake, it's why you and I and our culture at large has felt such loss during the last year of COVID. We need face-to-face -face relationships. We need to see one another. We need to worship together in one another's uh, physical presence. We've experienced this. I want to get you to grasp that. Lay hold of that and don't forget it. Do not be deceived or lulled into the falsehood that face-to-face -face community does not matter. Our culture will tell you that, and it'll keep driving that way because we have such a strong Gnostic bent, but it is not true to our humanity. Now that leads to a second question, which will be the conclusion for today, which is, am I building into authentic community? If this is so important, if this face-to-face community is essential to my human nature, it's essential to the church, and it's a requirement for me to build it in face-to-face -face physical relationships, am I actually building into that? See, you were created for authentic community, and you were redeemed for the authentic community of the church, in particular a local church. But see, sin always works to undermine community. So it's going to take a conscious effort. Remember that when Adam and Eve have the first sin, the very first thing they do is they hide. They start covering themselves up from one another. They hide from God. Sin inhibits face-to-face -face relationships. It's the very first thing they started doing was trying to mediate something between themselves. So it's always going to be a temptation for us, and it's going to take conscious effort to overcome that. Now, in our age, as I've been saying today, Technology promises to replace face-to-face -face relationships with superior or at least equal virtual ones, but it's a lie. Now, I'm going to give a long quote here, and you can look it up later. It'll be in my notes out on the web, but 
uh, listen to what, uh, there's a woman named Sherry Turkle who wrote a book called Alone Together, Why We Expect More From Technology and Less From Each Other. So notice Alone Together. We're out there in these virtual relationships in the digital world, the virtual world, and we're together, but we're more alone than ever. That's kind of the point of her book. But here's what Sherry Turkle said. Technology is seductive when, it offers, when what it offers meets our human vulnerabilities. And as it turns out, we are very vulnerable indeed. We are lonely, but fearful of intimacy. Digital connections and the sociable robot may offer the illusion of companionship without the demands of friendship. Our networked life allows us to hide from each other, even as we are tethered to each other. We'd rather text than talk. Do you hear what she's saying? See, and she, she's not thinking in theological categories, but ever since we put the fig leaves on, we need relationship. It's essential to our nature, but we're afraid of being vulnerable. We want to hide. We want things between us. And what technology is doing is making it easier than ever. I don't, I, I can deceive myself into thinking texting as good is as good as face-to-face -face conversation. A Facebook friend is the same thing as a real friend, but see, they're actually not. And something in us should tell us that they are not. This is not the authentic community for which we were created and redeemed. And so these restrictions we've experienced during COVID have made authentic community really difficult. And so it's kind of timely that we're doing this in Second John because in a month, or a little more, even though there's ice out on the road right now, it's going to start warming up and we need to remember and be prepared for authentic community. So conclude with this question, am I consciously building authentic community? And, and two, two sub questions under that. Am I using technology to gather right now? See, one of the things that we need to recognize, John could not be with them at first. So he did use technology. He didn't say, well, if I can't meet with you face to face, then no relationship. He said, well, I'll use pen and ink when I have to, but I'll never let it be a substitute. He wrote until he could come together. And so I want to urge you, use technology to stay in contact with one another until we can gather. I know it's gotten weird. They, you know, we've come up with new ideas like Zoom fatigue. People are tired of being in video meetings and so many phone calls and we get tired of it. And I understand that. But we can't become weary at well-doing. We need to use the technology while we have to right now. And so am I using it? Am I picking up the phone and calling somebody? Am I maybe writing a card? We got a card from somebody this week just thanking us for something and being an encouragement and it was good to get that card. Are, are we doing that with one another and using the technology now? Because we can't just throw up our hands and say, well, I can't gather right now because of COVID, so I'm just going to have to wait. No, we, we use the technology while it's available. But the second question is, am I planning to gather in person as soon as possible? Because I recognize I need relationship and pen and ink aren't going to cut it. Technology is not going to do what I need. So first question for some of us is, can I gather now or am I just being lazy? Okay, there are times when we can't. This morning, obviously, the ice prevented it. But for many of us, we could be coming to our gatherings each week, but we've gotten into a habit of, you know what, I can just sleep in and I'll just watch on TV. It's not the same thing. 
it is not the same thing as being there in person. So could I be gathering right now and I just haven't been doing it? I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you. If you could be gathering, you should be gathering. And so next week when we gather, I want to encourage you, if you can be there, be there. But secondly, for those, we have people who cannot gather because of their susceptibility to the virus. For everybody in the spring, we're going to be moving back outside, okay? And unless there's a miraculous end to the COVID pandemic, we're going to move back outside. And so I want to ask, are you planning on gathering in person? More of us are able to gather outside than inside. Am I planning on it now? Because friends, virtual uh, worship gatherings are not the same thing as face-to-face in-person gatherings. Virtual church is not authentic community and we can never settle for it as if it is. So I want to encourage and challenge you, be making plans right now. And I I want to let you know, you can come to our outside gatherings and be safe. If you are ever leaving your house, you are getting in as much danger uh, of contracting COVID as is going to be possible at our outside gatherings. You can wear masks, you can sit 50 feet from anybody, and if you really need to, you can stay in a car and still be at the gathering and still see people and still stay distanced and talk with one another. You can do all of that and it is perfectly safe outside. There is plenty of space to space out. I bring this up now on a day when there's ice outside and we can't even get out and go anywhere because we need to plan now. The time is going to come within the next month or two where we're gonna be able to meet outside and if it is at all possible, I want to encourage everyone to come back and to gather together. Friends, we need to be together in person. It's what you were made for. It's what you were redeemed for. And technology, while wonderful and while having its place, can never replace unmediated face-to-face relationships. If you and I will engage and consciously work towards that, then what can happen is that we will see our joy being complete. And that's my desire for all of us to experience the joy that Jesus Christ has for us. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for uh, technology. Lord, we're grateful for your word, that it came to us via the technology of uh, writing, Lord, we're grateful that today we have even more technologies where we can stay in touch with one another. But Lord, we also recognize that that is not the same thing as authentic community, face-to-face community. And so we pray, Lord, for an end to this pandemic. We pray, Lord, for a chance to be able to gather again in person. And Lord, I pray for every one of us that we would take seriously the call to gather Take seriously the call to do all we can. Lord, for those who cannot right now, I pray that you would be meeting them by your Holy Spirit as they are forced to gather virtually each week. But Lord, I pray that we would be using the time so that we're preparing, so that when the weather gets better in relationships at home uh, and, and in gathering with the church, Lord, we would do all we can to experience face-to-face community and relationships. Ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Before I say the benediction, I do want to let you know, if you listen to After Hours, I'm going to talk a little bit more about just a few practical ideas that maybe you can begin preparing for now to build authentic face-to-face -face relationships, even during this time with COVID, things you can do as the weather gets warmer. So I encourage you to tune into After Hours. It'll come out this Tuesday. So brothers and sisters, now I encourage you to receive the blessing of God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Through Jesus Christ, friends, you are blessed. Be a blessing. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. For more teachings and resources, please visit www.brcc.church.